Has anybody else heard about S- I heard about SCOOB, aka Scoob? No. The no. Scooby Doo feature animated movie that Warner Brothers is producing. Good. Then I can surprise everybody. Wait, why did you call it? Why did you break it up into? Like, That's how acronym? they're supposed to be spelling it on like the marquee. Because it's like it stands for some sort of like acronym in this version. So you're saying that the movie Agents of Scoob? Scoob? I mean, basically. Oh, well, I guess so. What they're expanding Mystery Inc. into like a, a no, whole... no. It's more that it's like a it's a it's a Hanna Barbera cinematic universe crossover. Hmm. Oh, okay. They have a cinematic universe. They will. Who? Okay, so Who else besides we get, we're gonna there. get some Dino Mud action. Probably, they've cast one specific Hanna Barbera um, mystery solving character besides Scooby Doo, and then we'll talk about who that is. So wait, when you say Hanna Barbera, you mean everybody? We can get everybody who solves crime. You know, um, I think this one will focus on the superhero characters, but I mean, like, it's gonna probably be like a big list of people because, like. The villain they've already announced is somebody who's from a different franchise entirely. Uh, okay. I was just wondering, like, because I remember there were a lot like of... Like a Hanna-Barbera franchise, but not a mystery-solving franchise, I mean. Oh, so, oh, okay. So just anything Hanna-Barbera. Yes. So, Muttley? Yep. <laughs> is yep. Hong Kong fully part of Hanna-Barbera? Yes, he is. I can get a Hong Kong fully movie. And then we can get a think piece. <laughs> as long as I get what I want. I mean, they Hong Kong fully deserves a think piece. He his intersectionality is amazing. <laughs> that, that racist. It's like the inter, intersectionality of um what's the word I'm looking for, Brandon? Oh, uh, uh, I'm not sure of what you're looking for, but yeah, it, I guess uh, uh, exploitation of different cultures. Yeah, it's like it's like they took they took the kung fu movie craze and the nigga craze and they combined them <laughs> in one Venn diagram. <laughs> That's true. Uh... He's got style, a groovy style, and a car that just won't stop. <laughs> right, because they got Scatman Crothers who sound like a cartoon dog version of Black Belt Jones. Yeah. Like, yeah, yes! <laughs> they got Scatman Curtis who sounds like, you know, um, he sounds like he sounds like oppression in his voice. He just does. That's that was he his whole thing. He sounds like oppression. He does. <laughs> what does oppression sound like? Scatman Crothers. <laughs> does it sound like, oh, don't wait me, Jesus? What does it sound <laughs> like? What, what was, what was, I hate slavery. Who, who did he play <laughs> in um, Lady Sings the Blues? Beat beer. Yeah, I'm down from the city and I'm going to kiss your little titty. <laughs> what? He said his name is Beat Beer. You seen Lady Sings the Blues, right? Kim? Yes. I, no. Oh, you never seen um, it? Scatman Brothers is about to, about to go to bed with Diana Ross as, he, as she's playing Billie Holiday as a prostitute and she's like, nope. And she's putting all her clothes on while he's taking all his clothes off. <laughs> what happened? Who was that? Ken. Well, I can see that. They don't show that movie anymore. I mean, I probably saw it like when I was really young on TVS, but as an adult to really get, you know, watch the movie, I only know the scenes with her and Billy D. Williams like throwing her around like a rag doll. Oh, Lord. And the, the one about his arm falling off. You remember about my arm to fall off? And the one where she threw that pot at his head and so she can get to her heroin. 
So you don't know the, the bad fight scene where Richard Pryde died? Uh, get up, Piano Man! Get up, Piano Man! Oh, Piano Man! No! What was them slow shots? I didn't understand. Was it slow or is it tape bad? Was it a delay? I don't know. It's a little bit of both. A little bit of all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think I'm ready. Ready? Get ready? Go here, I come. He's got style. Let me just open up my sounds. Groovy style in a car that just won't stop. And then go and get this tough heat top right to it with a Hong Kong fooey chop. Hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the show wasn't good, though, uh, uh, Coffee Light Sweet. It's just the song was, was off the shade. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I used to sing along to it. Hong Kong fooey. Number one, quicker than a human. Yep. She's not new to it. She's true to it. Hard call, fan. Thank you both. Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSNpodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Thanks, and here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. We are so glad to be with you here today. Today is Sunday, March the 24th, 2019, as we are recording this. I am here with Ken. Hi. Ali. Hey. Coffee hey. Light Sweet. Bonjour. And special, <laughs> Bonjour. And special guest, um, Carolyn from the C-Dub Show. Hey, everybody. All right. We have a lot of things to talk about. This episode will probably come out in three different segments so that people don't have to worry about spoilers or something if they don't, you know. We care. Uh, this week was the first real week of spring, and so I'm over here trying to drink up some drinks to kind of clear my um, nose out. I've been walking around with a mask on my face and clearing in, in my bloodstream. Because I have the words. Cleared in. Yes. In his bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a drip. Yep. Like that. We were talking before we um we started the show about Diana Ross hitting Billy Dee in the head with that pot and Lady Sings the Blues to get to her heroin pack. That would be me to get into my Claritin pack. <laughs> I don't think you would be you wouldn't have had that much energy. You would have been sneezing and heaving and hawing on all that. Sure the fuck would. You right. 
<laughs> All right. So let's get started with the things that we have seen this week that are not involving Black people in a horror movie or children with magic words. Like, fuck. <laughs> I, I will start because I probably have the shortest list because I um, haven't seen much else. Um, I caught up on The Flash. I had been watching it for a couple of weeks since the winter break. So I watched, um, I think, two episodes of it to see what was going on. Because Mostly because I heard that King Shark and the Gorilla Grodd had a fight. And I needed to see how far that budget stretched for that fight. For TV, you know, it was actually pretty decent. Although I felt like it was like the writing of it, of course, was kind of arbitrary just to set up the fight. It was Mm -hmm. like somebody had the idea of, let's have these two CGI characters on our show fight. It's like, how are we going to like swing that? So they had to kind of contrive a reason why they would fight. But hey, if you like to see like a humanized shark and a giant gorilla um, duke it out inside of a warehouse that looks um, not coincidentally, I assume, like a live action version of Donkey Kong, the Flash Mm -hmm. is here for you. (laughs) I mean, we see Gorilla Grodd climbing girders and King Sharp going after him and there's like things falling off the girders. I swear I saw a barrel. Just feel like Donkey Kong. And also, I wanted to watch The Goonies this week before I went to go see uh, Shazam, but I found to my dismay that The Goonies is not available on streaming at the moment. Really? It is not. So It's I, funny because it was everywhere when um, Deadpool came out. Yeah. And so I had to... Well, at first I ordered a copy from Amazon, which came a little too late for me to actually watch it. But I did watch a documentary on the making of The Goonies, like a little 30-minute documentary that was on Amazon Prime. And I sort of kind of had to settle for that. And I did watch that Cyndi Lauper music video. <laughs> What's Cyndi Lauper music video? For The Goonies. The, the, the Goonies theme song that she did, The Goonies Are Good Enough. Do you remember that? Oh. Good enough. No. For you, it's good. It's good enough. Good enough for me. Not yeah, ringing a bell yeah, yeah. at all. Because <laughs> her, it's her and like um, Lou Albino and a whole bunch of wrestlers. The Iron Sheik is in the music video. And it's like they're like working some sort of like a last chance uh, gas station. She finds like a hidden uh, pirate tunnel um, inside of a wall painting. And then so. She climbs in hmm. there, and the Goonies are in there, and they all go looking for treasure, and they show scenes from the movie. That was back in the day when you, you had a music video with scenes from the movie and didn't have te- the technology to do the right transfer, so the scenes from the movie always looked bad <laughs> before they went back to the regular video part. Uh, huh. And there's one part in the video where the bad guys have cornered her on one of those um, underground bridges, and she's sitting there. She's like, help me! Steven Spielberg, what do I do now? And then it cuts out to like Steven Spielberg in front of a movieola watching the video. And he's like, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Will Cindy get out of this one? Tune in next week. Because it's a, there's a whole second part two to this video. Part one was already seven minutes long. Part two is another five. So it's like a 12-minute music video. Ah. Yeah. Does anybody else remember that song? Cindy Lauper, the Goonies are good enough? Is it just me? 
I think so. I feel like I have a vague recollection. I'd have to look at the, you know, since I'm a little bit older than you, that means that I was literally like up in the middle of the night watching it. So I'm sure I probably would if I looked at it and saw it. Yeah, I mean, it has been, what's been like 30 plus years since it was a thing, so. Uh, just about 30 years, because it was, it, no, it's about 35. It's been over 30, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let me think, anything else? Uh, thinking, I think that's everything. Um. Yeah, that's everything. All right. So, um, Ken. Mm-hmm. What have you been what watching? Have I seen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. What have I seen lately? I can't remember anything as far as movies go. Are we talking about TV too? Or no, not yeah, yet. TV too. Um. Well, I've been watching Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. Which has been pretty good. The it the uh, they just had wrapped up the first season of the show. Hopefully, it'll be a second one. Um, I I really enjoy like overall the series. It's not unfortunately it's not as good as the comic, but I think if I hadn't watched the comic, I might enjoy the series a little bit more. But I do enjoy. Pardon me in the um in the season finale, they did kind of do a great job of meshing, uh, put, bringing original ideas into it and meshing what happened in the comic. Um. But overall, Deadly Class is a decent show, especially for sci-fi. I'm enjoying it. You can tell that the Russo brothers are behind it, but you can also tell they have the B-team behind it. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, I started watching Love, uh, a Love, Death, and Robots, which is a sci-fi anthology series that's on Netflix. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of this older uh, anthology series called Liquid Television that used to be on MTV. MTV. Uh, but the animation on it is really sick. And I, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's an anthology, so it's, you know, it could be a mixed bag. But even if you didn't like the story, like some of them have some really photorealistic animation going. Hmm. Um, so I'm enjoying it for that. Love, Death, uh, and Robots, you say? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I can't say there's anything else that's really been keeping my attention lately. Uh, nothing else right now. So that's it for me. Okay. Ali? Um, what did I watch this week? Hmm. I wanted to catch up on Daily Class, but I did not, unfortunately. Um, darn it. What was that thing? Oh, no. It has escaped. <laughs> I knew I was watching something. Oh, all right. I caught a couple more episodes of of Russian Doll. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, that show is still good. Um, I just I just haven't had a chance to like sit there and like binge because I usually when it comes to shows like that, I would just like binge it until the end, like just take a couple hours and just do that. But I don't know. I I've been doing other stuff. Um, so I just hadn't had the time to actually finish it. But yeah, I really like that series. Um I have a question for you about that. Mm-hmm. Um a friend of mine, and this might be just him being silly, but their complaint about the show was the, the the dialogue was way too smart. It's like somebody did their research on um, how to sound very smart in doing the series. Oh, so too much kind of like how Dawson's Creek is. Like, no high school student talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that. It's just like the conversations. I mean, it's a it's a mixed bag. Well, I I don't know. Like, I feel like she's, but she's the main character. I feel like she's smart. Like, like not like not not I mean to say the actress. I mean to say the the character that she's playing 
she's a she's a smart cookie. She's not like I think the first episode makes it look like as if oh she's just she's just a loopy um you know person who just gets high all the time and just drinks a lot. But then you see her life and it's like oh you know she's not just you know she's just a one dimensional. She she's got other things that she's interested in. She has she knows really random facts. <laughs> And I don't find that weird. I find that kind of like, uh, she's a quirky person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. And then her, the people that, and it only makes sense that the people that she surrounds herself with, you know, especially the ones that she likes or, you know, kind of likes because she has a kind of personality, but, you know, they're kind of weird and, and you know, kooky too. So I'm like, that's mm-hmm. totally fine with me, the way they speak with each other. Yeah. I mean, I agree with too. I think it's a very, I thought I think the dialogue is one of the best parts of it. It's not like, yeah. Because it, cause it, it, it's one of the shows where it's not like, oh, I say something, and then you respond to it. It's more like I might say something and the way I respond to it might be directly related to what you say, or I might be introducing my own original thoughts to the situation that makes you think more about things. Or yeah, I, might, about- I might not even respond to you. I might be just going around my black-ass business. <laughs> like, fuck what you have to say, dude. Um, but yeah, I enjoy the, it. The way, she, the, way she, the way she carries herself and the way she's... It, it, Nothing about that feels fake to me. It doesn't feel like as if, well, they should have gotten another actress or I don't mm-hmm. really think like would have really spoken like that. Like, I don't think that at all. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with it as it is. All right. What, um, what show is this? I've watched, this is Russian Doll. It's on Netflix. Yeah, we talked about that one last week. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of anything else, no, I was, just, I was actually trying to find a good foreign blah, 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 but I couldn't find anything that I really liked. Come um, on, good form. The reason why is because what's her name? Ooh, no. Um, the the white woman from us, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Right. So Elizabeth Moss, as you know, is not an American actress. She's from Down Under. I did not and know so, that. Crikey! Oh, and I, and I love Mad Men. Yeah. So, so I went because um, she, she's, um, she actually plays a, a detective in um, an Australian show that I saw a while back. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, it, the, 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 the show is called Top of the Lake. Anyways, the point is, so I was looking for other, I just, once I saw her getting us, I was like, man, you know what? Let me go look for other random stuff for it. And I, I couldn't find anything that I really liked. However, I did start, for some reason, I started watching AMC's um, Into the Badlands again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because apparently their AMC's been advertising really hard over all social media that this is the final season. Uh, so, you know, catch it, catch it before it's over. And I was like, you know, I remember, you know, a while back starting Into the Badlands and, and liking the fight choreography most of all. Um, because it, it felt like movie grade fight choreography, and but then I just fell off after a while because I thought that it felt very, uh, what's the word? It really felt like as if they were like appropriating a lot of Asian stuff going on in there because everything is all it's all kung fu and and asian and east asian um, mysticism and whatnot but hardly any asians <laughs> and i thought to myself it feels like as if everyone's wearing a costume i mean they are but it feels like everyone's wearing a costume in this thing and it it, it kind of turned me off but i started watching again because um mm. friends 
were encouraging me to, hey, it's the last season and they're canceling it. So, and I think also Walking Dead is also, this is the last season for them. Right? I think so. Yeah. So I was like, let me, AMC has had some pretty good shows um, in these, these recent years. Uh, I don't know if people have been picking up on that. Like AMC used to be that channel where no one ever used to to look at it. It was just kind of like, uh, it's just it's just um, reruns of old of old shows. But mm-hmm. they've been actually getting pretty good shows. Walking Dead, Into the Badlands is pretty popular. I think there was one on AMC called Turn, and it was um, it was basically it had to do with. Um, the uh, a spy in the Confederacy, and people people really like these shows. So, mm-hmm. FYI, and that's pretty much it. That's all I was watching. Okay, coffee light sweet. I'm super excited about the Twilight Zone returning. Um, I think it's uh, CBS Access, so it's going to be streaming. So it's a paid subscription. Yes, CBS All um, Access. Yeah. And I remember um, the old Twilight Zone episodes, even though they were some some years ago, they still stand up. They still stand up. So I'm just excited about, you know, like this new revamped modern version with with more modern scenarios, what that could possibly be. And uh, I'm ready. I think um, I think it starts April Fool's Day. Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, And Carolyn. I would like to thank you all at Say Something Nice Podcast for giving me a platform to rant about how much I now hate Randall Pearson on This Is Us. Go ahead. Um, I have been watching his slow descent into being the entitled white man that he was raised to be. (laughs) And now I am just waiting for this Tuesday's episode so that I can watch Beth finally let him have it. I've been waiting for two seasons for her to go straight black woman on him and just let him have it because he deserves it. He's been deserted for so much. You know, he went through the, the, I still don't understand logistically how he has run for city council in Philadelphia, but they don't even live in Pennsylvania. No one has explained that yet. But okay, she asked him not to do it because they had too much going on. She had just lost her job, but Randall is a selfish white man. Wait, she lost her job too? She lost her job right when he was in, in the beginning of his, um, of his campaign. And that's when they did the whole Superwoman episode where she was trying to do everything and she had a nervous breakdown trying to help the girls sell Girl Scout cookies. So and she all had shit. one too? Yeah, I know, she had a job. No, because like Randall had his first and then like yeah. he left his job. And she got a job. And yeah. she was like an ad, not an ad. I think she like worked in nonprofit or something mm. like that. I can't remember what it was, but she lost her job. And Randall didn't even like, you know, he. I, we said he's been doing the dad joke thing for so long, we didn't recognize that his dad joke, you know, persona was actually very patronizing mm. because he just kind of glossed over, like, you're so wonderful, you're so great, you're so beautiful. But when she told him what she needed, he ignored it because it wasn't what he wanted. So he went ahead and he did the whole campaign and he ended up winning. But you keep seeing these flash forwards that kind of tell you it's not going to end up as happy as it looks. But we don't know what that is yet. Right. So finally this week, you know, she didn't got this new job, but she didn't went back to dancing. And he tried to know that was last week. He told her that maybe she needed to put a pin in dancing because it was taking away from 
uh, her time as a mom and they really needed her at home to be a mom. Oh, Lord. And after she had put, had put all her stuff to the side for his dream. And she told him, she said, so you want me to put, a, put aside my dream for your dream? So you, he backs off You that. know what this sound like, Carolyn? Sound like somebody what? in the writer's room read, read Becoming Michelle Obama. Yes. <laughs> That or they've been in the the cutting room of that reality show, Love and Love and Marriage in Huntsville on OWN, because it's the same kind of chauvinistic shit going on over there. But that's reality TV in Alabama. Wait, did you say Huntsville? Yes, Huntsville, a like show. Huntsville, Alabama, Huntsville. Yes, it's like in in Alabama, like, uh, knows how to party, Huntsville. Yeah, it's, it's like love. Oh, it's like okay. uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, <laughs> in Huntsville. And I don't wow. know why I watch it. It's it's like a it's like textbook chauvinistic shit over there, but I just keep watching. Luckily, it's off. Maybe I'll detox from it. So, okay, so <laughs> he tells her to put a pin in her dream, and she, you know, she says a little bit something to him, and he backs off of that. And so the whole beginning of that episode, this week's episode, was about you know, him being so stressed. Because he's trying to be everywhere now. He's trying to be the councilman, and he's trying to be there for her, but he's not quite being there for her. And he's trying to take care of the kids when she goes to her dancing, and it's so hard for poor Randall. And then they're doing these flashbacks to when they were in junior high or something, and he had finally got him a little date because, you know, he's a little black boy at school, and he's also a nerd, so, huh? Mm. But he got him a little date to school dance. But then he abandons the date at the dance and goes to the school library to study because he's he is falling behind in biology or something. So they're telling you that Randall is selfish. That and Kevin has been telling us that Randall is selfish. But child, he so he so he has to go to a dinner with his the the head of the city council, and she has to go to a dinner with the the boss from her new job. And he tells her he just really needs her to come. And she's like, well, this is my new job and it can lead to a better position. Blah, blah, blah. He just really, if I, if I had to go, I would, you know, I would go for you if you needed me to go. And she kind of hangs up. You're right, right. She kind of hangs up in his face. So you don't know if she's coming. So then he gets to the house and she's, he's texting her and she's not texting back. And he, you know how people get obsessed with, they start obsessive texting back to back and then the person ain't answering. I do it all the time. So... <laughs> So finally, he, he calls her and he goes straight to voicemail. And this is where all the black women in the world gasped because he leaves this dirty ass uh, voicemail on her voicemail about how if she if she, he needed her or she needed him, he would move heaven and earth. And if she avoid his phone call so she don't have to deal with him and then ends the voicemail with grow the hell up, Beth. And then... Beth shows up at the dinner party because she has actually been in traffic trying to get to the dinner party. And she is very nice and polite to all the Black people in the dinner party. But then when they got out, she told him to stay his ass in Philadelphia on the cot. And you think that's over because you think he would stay. But no, Randall is an entitled white man. So he follows her to the house and tells her that they can't just keep simmering like this forever. And she's like, fine, you want to do this? Let's do it. And that's when the episode ends. (gasps) So I'm going I have called a cheat day for Tuesday so I can eat popcorn. Randall having. Randall has, you know what? They were I read an article on not EW, I forgot which which site it was, but it said, has Randall always been trash and we just didn't recognize it? And the answer was for them and me was yes. Randall has always been trash. And I'm ready for him to get his ass handed to the end. Thank you for my soapbox. No Thank problem. you for coming to my TED Talk. I have a question for you, Carolyn. Do you um 
Do you like um, the actress playing little Annie Pearson? Little Annie Pearson? She don't really say much, but I've seen her in something else and I can't think of what it was. Has it been a trailer, perhaps? You said what? Has it been a trailer? Been a trailer? Please, just, just answer him, Ken. He's on insufferable, please. Okay. The, uh, her name is Faith Herman, and she is in Shazam, and she is the she she she's the she steals every scene that she's in. I'll put it that. Well, way. they don't really give her much to say, and I mean, she I shouldn't say she doesn't say much, but she just is kind of like the cute little black girl. Oh yeah, and, and in Shazam, she says a lot. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that um, when when you posted the you posted pictures of the promotional images of all the, the uh, actors and actresses in Shazam. Um, when when I saw hers, I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing here. They have her in the ponytails and the little the the hair clips and the the round glasses and the overalls that's that's pink and everything." And I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> they, they, they cute this this little kid up so that way she can she can say all the cute things." And I I assume from Brandon that like, she did say all the cute things. Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> You know, I think she's cute super things. cute. And I think time will reveal, and maybe Brandon already knows because he's seen Shazam. I don't mm-hmm. know. The time will reveal if she will go from, you know, be a Marseille Martin or whatever her name is. I shouldn't say that that's rude. Um, and become an actual powerful child actor. And maybe she has in Shazam. I haven't seen it. Brandon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she will be getting work after this movie comes out. Well, good for her because I, I, I need her... I need uh, Beth to leave Randall and take the girls and have the Beth show. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on, the wow. Beth show. <laughs> this is Beth. Leave all, just leave. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sick of Toby. Toby is needy. I'm sick of Kevin. He is an insufferable drunk white man. I'm sick of Kate. Kate is just like the sad sob story. I'm sick of Jack because Jack is like the patron saint of nothing. Jack did nothing great. I'm sick of all of them, except for Beth and the girls. And the cousin who need to leave Kevin. I'm kind of surprised the show is still going because I thought they would have lost steam by now. But it sounds like it's getting better and better. Well, it, it, I mean, it was good until like this season. I haven't liked it at all this season. Like they have all become insufferable and it's hard to watch. Mm. But at the, at the same time, it's like, OK, you know, it's a, it's a TV show. So do you applaud the writers for writing such insufferable characters? I don't I've never really figured that part out. Okay. I love Felicia Rashad as Beth's mama, though. If Felicia Rashad is showing up at everybody's show, yes, she is. She's coming for Jennifer Lewis's crown. Had a Jennifer Lewis is a regular on black. It's like, it's like, uh, she some is check, some stops, and now she's like, I'm out here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I read of somebody on Jensen Atwood's page from Noah's Ark that he got um, what thirty residual checks this month. And they all total to $27. Yeah, yeah. When it's when you when your thing's been rerun that many times, your check gets smaller and smaller with every rerun to like a like a minimum floor to hit. Until it gets uh, until it gets to zero, until or, or until it gets to a minimum. Minimum. Or like, It'll never get to zero. And then some cable channels cut deals with the studio to pay everybody less, including the yeah. studio, so that they can uh, um put shows on that might be you know, distressed, I guess, shows that weren't as popular or might be, like, have been rerun too many times. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. 
All right. Uh, coffee light sweet. Yes, sir. Oh, you, you you went already. Carolyn was last. All right. So bad, bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's go ahead on to the news. All right. First up, the biggest news accord. Well, first trailers. Uh, so Netflix put out the trailer for Stranger Things season three, which looks like it's fun and interesting. The kids are teenagers now, and there has like a like a July Fourth summer theme, and but still weird shit and monsters are crawling around their little town. And we were talking before the show started, of course, that, you know, they they hang out at the mall a lot in this season. And I think it's like the Starcrest Mall, whatever they call it. It's actually the Gwinnett Mall up in uh, Duluth that's been sort of kind of CGI'd over on the front. But on the inside, they actually built, they because the mall, the Gwinnett Place Mall is distressed. It's basically about to close down. All their anchor stores are, they, they have a couple anchor stores left, but all the main ones are starting to close down. They, so the food court was basically empty and they just took the food court over and rebuilt the food court to make it like it was the 1980s. When I was in there, when their series was closing down, I happened to see all the sets because the sets were all still up because I think they were still filming. I didn't take no pictures though because they said I was trying to be good. You know, they said no pictures. I didn't take any. But yeah. They um they had full reign to basically turn um an Atlanta area mall into a studio backlot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it should come out. When did they say is that is it actually coming out July fourth? This um the new season. Yep, July fourth. Yep, July fourth, twenty nineteen. Because it's set during the um fourth of July, so that's good. Uh, Ali, you saw the trailer for John Wick three, right? Yes. Tell us about that. I haven't seen that one yet. Guns. Dog. <laughs> Holly Berry. I still have never seen a John Wick movie. You should. All right. So basically, uh, the premise of John Wick is this is a retired... Somebody kicked uh, his dog. <laughs> this is a retired assassin, basically. And... Oh, sorry. Let me let me retract that. The premise of John Wick is that in a... In a alternate sort of world or whatever you couldn't say, um, just like ours, it's just that there exists an assassin guild, or if you want to call it that, and there's like underground uh, organizations that that um, that enlist the services of these people. And basically, John Wick was part of these people that you, we call upon to do an assassination, but he's retired from that. He doesn't do that anymore. And then a certain scenario or situation happened in the first movie that caused him to to basically go after people in the organization, essentially. And that's all what kicks it off. And the thing that people like about John Wick movies is that um, the director um, the, and the person who's doing the, the cinematography and whatnot, they, they do a lot of long takes where the action doesn't cut. So there are very few cut scenes in a John Wick movie. And people who've been watching action movies for a while know that, you know, whenever there's a cut scene, it makes you, it kind of breaks the immersion for a second from you watching. And it mm-hmm. allows for your stunt double to come in and take the place of the real person and mm-hmm. blah, blah. Well, John Wick has um, Keanu Reeves, Reeves playing John Wick, do a lot of his stunts. And there are very few cutscenes, so it's a lot more complicated in terms of choreographing things, and obviously you're putting Keanu Lizes, Keanu Reeves's life in danger a lot of times and whatnot. And I think people appreciate that almost like um, 
Tom Cruise in his movies. <laughs> and, you know, it sort of, it really ramps up the adrenaline and the energy. So John Wick, um, the first one was very well received. The second one, people say, isn't as good as the first one because the novelty, the sheen isn't isn't quite there anymore. But this third one um, seems to, you know, ramp up a lot of the things that people liked about the, the first one. And they included new characters. You know, Halle Berry is is um is is here for some reason. And <laughs> and they, you know they're including um are other are her children missing? Excuse me? Are her children missing? I sure hope not, Brandon. Because <laughs> it's it's always that, isn't it? Yeah. Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah. Her children are always missing. Always missing. That's true. <laughs> or she losing them to the court system because yep. she's cracking. Which means they're missing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, Lawrence Fishburne is here as well um, because you know reason. <laughs> And it's always nice to to get two people who've worked on a franchise together back again. It's like, hey, I remember you. Hey, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McShane is there again because British. And <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, John's John Week three. Okay, and I saw the trailer. It just came out yesterday for Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which is a sequel. It's a live action sequel to Nickelodeon's animated. Nick Jr.'s animated kids educational show, Dora the Explorer. Which sounds like a lot, but I saw the trailer and it looks it looks like a fun, you know, like kids adventure yeah, movie. Yeah, I would take my kids, if I had kids, I would take my kids to see it. Yeah, basically like Dora's now Is like, it, It's not too scary, right? For Oh, I don't, well, we don't know. We have to see what that rating looks like. like. From the trailer, does, is it, does it look scary? No, like, it looks fun. It looks like there's going to be some, definitely some action. So maybe you can't take your three-year-old but maybe like you're like six year old or whatever and up. So basically, okay. Dora's like, I guess she's turned about 14 or so. She's starting high school and her parents who take her on all their adventures and stuff, used to at least, they're leaving her in America to go to school. And so like she, her and her cousin Diego, Diego's now like six feet tall, <laughs> but he's basically about 102 and two pounds. <laughs> Cause he's like, well, I guess like 15 or so, whatever. They're going okay. to high school trying to be regular kids, but some bad guys have kidnapped, um, um, Dora and like taking her because they were trying to find her parents to kidnap them. And so I guess Diego and the rest of, the, of um, their, a little um, their high school friends go to save first save Dora and then go to they try to find they were try, they wanted Dora to help them find the lost city of gold, uh, El Dorado. And so they're trying to find it themselves before the bad guys do. Boost, okay. boost the monkey is like in it. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so like I said, you need to have all those things. You need to have boots. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Boost Monkeys ain't voiced by um, what's my man's name from all the um, Machete. Danny Trio. Yeah. <laughs> um, Swiper the Fox <laughs> is in there, voiced by Benicio del Toro. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Michael Pena plays. Wait, um, wait, Dora is Swiper, wait, is Swiper the Fox like a real fox? Uh, yeah, he's probably gonna be a CGI fox. Like how Boots is like CGI monkey. No, no, I mean to say like they're actually having a fox. Hold on. on I don't I know. I thought, oh. Uh, because um, the, the reason why I ask is that, you know how sometimes you take a children's um, thing and you translate it to a movie and you're just like, okay, maybe maybe calling him a fox is just like a moniker, but he's actually a person. Let me see. So I, um, I just, I'm just curious. No, it's a voice. He's voicing the fox. 
Okay, so there's an actual fox yeah. in the movie called yeah. Swiper. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Okay, so then the other thing is too, she needs the backpack. Does she have the backpack? Yes, she has the backpack. The funny thing is okay. her first day of school, the backpack gets caught on the school bus and, and the school bus takes off with her still hanging in the door of the school oh, bus. Oh. Backpack, backpack, backpack. <laughs> okay, next. Does she have the map? They have plenty of maps in this trailer already. Okay, but she needs the map. <laughs> okay. okay. She needs the map. Okay. And I will so. say, they got to work on that boot CGI a little bit. Not the animation, oh. but like the color timing. Because when her she opened her backpack and he popped out, he was a different color than the rest of the set. Like, he looked, he was lit different. Like, he looked, he looked like a sticker superimposed, and they got to, like, put some shadow mats on him and stuff. And oh, okay, to so make it look like as if things are, uh, the, things are affecting him or he's affecting the world around him properly. Right. I mean, yeah, but they got a while. The movie comes out the first week of August, August 2nd, so they got a while to work on that. It's not, okay. it's not in the terrible state that Aladdin shit was. Okay. Cool. Did, did you get any idea that it might be a... Uh, uh, is it just going to be a, a regular live action movie or is it going to be a musical of any kind? What? Dora the Explorer? Yeah, because Dora, because because remember in the cartoon. Oh, she sings some songs. She sings. The math and stuff. She sings. I didn't get any hint that it was going to be singing in this. Okay, so it's just straight up live action Dora. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, yeah, good luck to them. I know the internet was clouding why they're making a Dora the Explorer movie, but it looks decent. I'm, I don't have any qualms about it. Did you not remember, like, I think, was it a couple of years ago where somebody did a fan um, movie trailer or a fan movie on YouTube for Dora? Like, like, but but they they got a, a kid, they dressed up like Dora. And, you know, you know how people like to make this, those YouTube shorts and, and they, they work really hard on them and they look really good. Um, and the person made it so that way Dora kind of was like a like a young Lara Croft. I, so, did, I, I I heard about that. Did they? I heard yeah. they took it too far. Is what I heard. Yeah, I mean, they probably did take it too far. But I'm just saying, like people, people have always thought of ideas for a Dora movie. Like they've always thought, like, man, this is a this this little thing right here. If you just like ramped it up a little bit, added a couple of stuff, and added, you know, you could actually make this into a like a pretty awesome movie. So. Okay. I was just ha- randomly swiping, huh, swiping <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> and then I ran across the trailer. I'm watching it with no sound, so as not to disturb the podcast. But I did see the part where the backpack got stuck on the bus. But then when they, they you know, because it's, you know, 2000s now, they run it through the metal detector and she gets stopped because she has all those weapons in there. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Weapons I mean, for me, you know, it's, it's different to kind of connect with it because I'm, again, I'm old. So I never watched Dora. I, like maybe a couple of times with some women I'm date was dating's kids, and that's it. So, but it's cute. That's, right. that's hilarious. And what's his name? Uh, Michael Pena is in this. Oh, yes, he is. Everyone's favorite Latino dad. <laughs> <laughs> and applause to them for leaving her Latino like she is. Yes. And I try- and do no other shit to her. So like that's the spy kids. Yep. Right. It's gonna be like a movie that has like a mostly um Latin cast. That's good. All right. I was gonna make a rude comment about Gina Rodriguez, but I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Problem. 
Problematico? Oh, yeah. Prob- no, Problematica. We'll talk about her in a, in a, in a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. Next news. So first in the news, the biggest news of the week. The purchase of 21st Century Fox by the Walt Disney Company has closed, which means that um, Mickey Mouse now owns 20th Century Fox, 20th Century Fox Television, the FX Network, and what else did it that come? They own 20% of Boom Studios, the comic book company now, and they also bought all of the regional Fox Sports Networks, but they are required by the Justice, Justice Department to sell them all within, I think, 90 days just to another buyer. I heard that LL Cool J was trying to get a group of buyers together to buy those. Um, no Bill Cosby jokes, please. I, I feel them coming. Um, <laughs> you know, Bill Cosby trying to buy NBC, that whole thing. Um, D-Day? So, the deal closed on the 20th. And on the 21st, the layoffs began. Now, whenever you have a merger, you expect there, of course, to be layoffs. But Disney wasn't wasting any time with these. And, like, a lot of these, of course, are, like, high-level executives who just aren't coming over to the new merged company. You know, like, a lot of, like, duplication and things. But one one part of 20th Century Fox that people thought was coming over but isn't is Fox 2000 Studios, which is... So, 20th Century Fox makes mostly big-budget mainstream movies like Avatar, the X-Men, and all like that. And Alien, stuff like that. Fox Searchlight at the bottom basically makes indie movies or they buy them from Sundance. Fox (laughs) 2000 made the movies that were in the middle. Things like Soul Food, Hidden Figures, The Hate You Give, and Love, Simon. Interesting. All the black movies? Um, Mostly black movies, but not Middle of the road movies. Well, not middle of the road, but what did you say? Mid-budget. 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 Things that cost between like $30 and $60 million to make. So that that label is being shut down. It was run by a lady named Elizabeth Gabler. They have not fired her yet. So I'm hoping or guessing that maybe those turn Fox 2000 into some sort of like a built-in production company for the Disney Plus streaming service. Those folks won't lose their jobs. But you never know. and Because the thing is, with Disney buying Fox, Fox was making more movies than they were. They're making like 15 to 18 movies a year like a regular studio does. Disney only makes like mm, 10. And eight of them cost over $200 million each. Because you think about it, like it's always a Star Wars movie, one, one Pixar, one Disney animation, maybe two Disney live actions. And then like... And now, because this year is different, it's like multiple Disney live actions, two Marvel movies, two big Marvel movies, uh, a Star Wars, um, one Pixar, right? Just one, and then one Disney animated, uh, which is Frozen Part Two. They're only gonna let Fox make four theatrical films a year and then four for streaming. That's the rumor, at least. What? So, yeah, they're gonna cut their production way down. Because I think what's on their docu right now, they are filming West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg at the moment. Uh, James Cameron is still working on all those four Avatar sequels. And I don't know what else they actually have in the, like, the, in the hopper. Um, there's no new alien coming. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, of course, is being finished up for June. But I think we've all... Who, who's cooking and cleaning? Sound like they frying chicken and then spraying to get the grease off the counter. Mm-hmm. Fried chicken. 
fried and chicken. <laughs> you hear me? Sorry. It's not me. Ali. Sorry about that. <laughs> y'all, please use the mute buttons. The people at home do not want to hear y'all in the kitchen um, um, killing people like Lupita Nyong'o. I don't know. They might want to hear his, like, his honestly grandmother's oxtail that. secret recipe. I honestly thought that my microphone was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so... But my hot take, quote-unquote, on Disney buying Fox has not changed since it was announced. <laughs> I, as much as anybody, probably more to some folks, want to, before I pass on, see a well-made Fantastic Four movie. Like a lot of y'all. And some more good X-Men movies. And like they haven't made good ones. There are good X-Men movies that exist. But I would have preferred if Disney had just bought the rights back somehow versus buying all of Fox for themselves, considering that they're already a big-ass studio. Now they're even even bigger-ass studio. And they're going to cut production like that. It's just, it's just so... I don't know. It's, it ties into our, our, whole, our ongoing discussions about the fall of regular cinema and the rise of streaming and everything. How everything is going to big tentpole movies now. I don't know. Uh, I heard Paul Feig is moving his production company from Fox to Universal for this reason. I don't know. It's, it's like in the actual industry, it's causing a lot of chaos. I know, like in like the nerd world, everybody's so hyped for them to announce, you know, X Men in um, in the MCU, and for hopefully for some sort of a teaser to be at the end of uh, Avengers Endgame about either the Fantastic Four or the X-Men. But, I mean, to be blunt, there's so have, more to it than that. I have a question. So, is it going to be difficult? Um, how difficult do you think it's going to be for the people who are trying to find jobs now? Because, obviously, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you said mm-hmm. around, what, 4,000? Yeah. Or so? Yeah, 4,000 yeah, so worldwide, at least. How, how difficult is it going to be? Like, what is the state of the industry now in terms of finding jobs for, for these kinds of people, for, for these them, kinds of professionals? For those kind of people, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be like in flux because you have to probably transfer to a similar but different uh, positions or industry because a lot of these people are specialized in the release of theatrical movies and the marketing distribution of them worldwide. And there's less demand for that as there more movies are being made by larger companies and those larger companies already have people in place. I'm not sure if they could possibly, you know, help with the expansion of the Chinese movie market, perhaps. I'm not sure if that's a thing that could happen. I honestly couldn't tell you. I wouldn't want to be somebody who, you know, specializes in international movie distribution working for Fox right now, is all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, who was it to put this thing out? Was it IndieWire? They released, like, a... Uh, a list of like since Fox is now basically a Disney label, they like uh, a list of like the forty films that define Fox Studio legacy. Movies like The Grapes of Raft, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, All About Eve. I'm naming the ones people recognize. I'm skipping a lot of them. The Sound of yeah. Music, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Patton, Mash, The French Connection, Star Wars, A New Hope, of course, Alien. Uh, Normal Ray, Broadcast News, Home Alone Part 1, 2, and 3, 
Mrs. Doubtfire, Independence Day, Titanic, which they shared with Paramount, uh, X-Men Part 1, Castaway, which they shared with, I think they shared with DreamWorks, Moulin Rouge, Ice Age, Blue Sky Studios. Uh, I should actually look into what they're going to do with that. Blue Sky Studios is the animation division of Fox that makes the Ice Age movies and all those Dr. Seuss animated movies and the Peanuts movie. Whatever are they going to do with them? Because they don't need um, another animation studio over there. They used to be independent. Could they, could they possibly Fox. use them for something else? I don't know. It, it says that they are expected to be able to complete their next two movies. Uh, but beyond that, there's no other announcement. Hmm. Well, what are their next two movies? Let's go find out. Go ahead, Ken. All I was going to say is, you know, Dr. Frankenfurter is now a Disney princess. Yes, 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 yes she is. <laughs> so, so is Anastasia. Hmm. A lot of people thought she already was. Yes. I mean, because who, who knew Fox? Well, that, that was a Fox. Yeah. Which studio from Fox was that? No, that was Fox. So back after The Lion King broke big, every studio, every big studio in Hollywood started their own animation department doing 2D animation. Fox started theirs, Fox Animation Studios. It was located in Phoenix, Arizona. And they hired Don Bluth to go out to Phoenix and head it. So, because Anastasia is a Don Bluth movie. And it's the most Disney-esque movie that Don Bluth, a man who left Disney in the 70s because he thought he thought their formula was trite, uh, ironically. It's the most Disney-esque movie that's not made by Disney. What are their... Let me see what these production things are. It don't say. Um, it doesn't say. Their last movie... Oh, here we, no, here they are. Um, the three movies that uh, Blue Sky still has in the hopper are Spies in Disguise, which... Did y'all see that trailer? No. Will Smith. Isn't that the one with Will Smith? Yeah, Will Smith plays a super spy. Into, and yeah, he gets turned into something... something Tom creepy. Holland plays, like, his assistant or whatever, and... <laughs> He, Tom Holland invents a process to turn Will Smith, super spy, into a pigeon. Right. So that he can go undercover. Okay. Y'all stay turning black people into, into animals. Yes, we, animals. yeah. I, I said this on the trailer. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. I literally yelled at the screen. No. No more. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Will's giving up on that Oscar, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess. Um, the other two are Nimona, which is a webcomic that they're adapting, and Foster, which I don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, so after 2020, we don't know. They'll, they might just lay them off or get somebody to try to buy them out. Oh, wow. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> this is what happens with mergers. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, a lot of properties people didn't think about are now Walt Disney Productions, uh, like Atlanta. (laughs) Legion. The Simpsons Family Guy and American Dad. Modern Family. Snowfall. 
Snowfall is produced by FX Studios. Yes, it is. Mean check. So I know it airs on FX. Is it produced by FX? It is. Oh, great. Yep. Snowfall, so, a Walt Disney production. <laughs> so, so about crap. So, <laughs> so we get The Shield too, right? The Shield? Yes. Is that the a Fox production? FX. Yes, that was FX. So does did that they mean... Produce it? I know it airs on FX, but did they produce it? Pose is FX, right? I don't know. Uh, FX is Pose, yeah. So are the whole cast of Pose are now Disney princesses? Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the Shield is a co-production between uh, Fox and Sony. So Can they own, they own part of it. I'm dead now. Let me see what? Pose. Pose like... is produced by... Yep, produced by Fox, 21 Television Studios, and FX Productions. It, um, they are all Disney princesses now. I haven't decided if that's if, if, if that's gonna get me killed by the community for posting it, but it's the best line I've heard. I can't I can't think of anything else. I can't. I'm about to post it. I'm about to tweet it. <laughs> and also Empire is now a Walt Disney production. <laughs> I said that they should thaw Walt out and show him an episode of Empire. Be like, this is our this is our hit show, Mr. Disney. No, forget that. Thaw him out and make him watch Pose. <laughs> Do that. That would make his head explode. Right. He might make it through Empire, but not through Pose. But not through, yeah. Wow. I would do that just to see that head explode. <laughs> All right. Does anybody else have any comments about this? Are we... Um, is it a thing where we should just, for our own sakes, just sort of kind of put our own fingers in our ears and just say, X-Men... Fantastic Four over and over again. Because it's going to be bad, like, for the people who actually work on this stuff. I was about to say, wait, no, I was about to say, you, you're you're talking to to folks who aren't in, in right. the industry. So for, for us, this is this is of no consequence to our our money, our money, our wallets. However, it may affect the things that we see on the big screen from now on. Yeah, because you'll see less. And also on television. No, I'm asking, the next question I want to ask is, the things that were probably considered, you know, not to be of the Disney catalog, not not fall into the Disney, you know, the things that would uphold the company name, right? For example, like... R-rated movies, like Deadpool. Yeah, so what happens to those types of properties. Well, Disney has a history of releasing R-rated stuff. You know, they started okay. Touchstone yes. in Hollywood. To, they produced... This is true. So does that mean that these things get revisited? Will will a, a, new, a, new, a studio come up or will Disney say, okay, we're going to have a studio just for these things. We'll put all these things in this box. We won't directly call it Disney. We'll call it something else. Like Touchstone. They can either, right. That's what Touchstone was for. Touchstone and Hollywood Pictures released Disney's PG-13 and R-rated films. They could do either use either those names or just use Fox. Because they're going to make some R-rated stuff. You know, you can't do like PG-13, Deadpool. They tried it. It didn't work. But, uh, wouldn't, <laughs> but, wouldn't, but wouldn't that conflict to the fact that they... Because they didn't get all of Fox. They just got... They got the production part. studio part. Right. So doesn't that... Isn't that a problem if you say Fox? Because then wouldn't then people think of... You Rupert know, Murdoch, the part he kept. So... Yeah. The way it works is weird. They have the rights to the name 20th Century Fox. To that, to that trademark. Oh. 
Okay. Fox, so maybe that's what they do then. And his investors and the shareholders still had to stop. They kept the TV network, like like Fox, like on like local TV Fox. They kept the news station, which is, you know, the spawn of Satan, and they kept the regular national Fox Sports channels. Okay, so it's Fox Sports and Fox News. And but Fox not, Broadcasting. But... So, for example, Empire, which is now a Walt Disney production, I love saying that, will, not, will still continue to air on Fox, which is still owned by Fox. But then you just called it a Walt Disney production. Yeah, it's produced by Disney, but it's going to air on Fox, which is still owned by Fox. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Okay. It doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> how can I make it make sense? It's like, Ali, if I made a show and then you, you had like a network and you ran it on your network... Like, say you used to make a right. show so and you, you ran yeah, on so your network and then you give it is, to me and I'm making it now, but you still air it on your network. So that means that I get to sell. It's like I'm selling you. Is it a sell, by the way, when, when you yes. put it onto the Fox network? Yes. So Disney's going to be producing Empire and then they will sell it to the Fox Broadcasting Network yes. to air it. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, better news. Um, Bill and Ted... Um, Face the Music, which is Bill and Ted Part 3, has finally started production after years and years of sort of kind of a will-they-won't-they situation. Like, they wanted to make it, but they had to sort of kind of fight to get it get it um, put into production. It is going to be released on August 21st, 2020. And, of course, this is Will and Ted. They got basically travel through time to try to, like... Um, you know, fulfill their destiny because the, otherwise the future will um, bring harm or, you know, it's Bill and Ted. You, you know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Hmm. And so we'll, I look for, I actually look forward to that. I would love to see a third Bill, Bill and Ted movie with them being middle-aged now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are middle-aged, uh, Supernatural. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Supernatural will finally end after its upcoming season 15. 15 seasons? 15 seasons. Which will be, it'll be 327 episodes. Which is basically the longest running sci-fi genre series in the history of American broadcast television. Huh. It's the last show from the WB that was still on the CW's air. Question, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the actors from Supernatural, after the final show is taped and it's aired, are they going to fall into the Friends curse? Because remember the Friends, like it was, they were riding high and uh-huh. they owned the world. And then after the show wrapped up, they sort of lost their traction. I guess Jen Anderson did okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is still, you know, Courtney Cox. Uh, yeah. It once, once Scream was over, Courtney Cox was over. Yeah. Do you think that that might happen to these guys? I don't know, because Supernatural is, on, of course, on a smaller network and has a smaller mm-hmm. fan base, so a lot less people are, are going to be like, I can't not see these two brothers solving ghost mysteries when they see these guys and other things. So I don't really think so. Okay. 
Okay. And what are their names? Hmm. Uh, Jared um, Padalecki and Jensen Ackles. I was I was wondering about that. It's not that the Friends um, cast, you know, they they they're still getting paid, so mm-hmm. they're going to be all right. Oh yeah, they're getting know, paid. But, oh yeah, but you know, when you love doing something, even though you're getting your residuals and all that, you still are not quote working. So right. it gets tiring after a while. You want to be out there. I think the guy that plays Joey, forget his name, um, Matt LeBlanc, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he had a couple of um, you know pilots, and they were not good. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, no. He's got a show on now. He does. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I caught does? it by accident one Friday evening. I was like, "You yeah. caught it by accident." <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Let me find. He's he's got a TV. He's got, show he's got a show. I feel like I saw that show somewhere too, but oh, I'll let Ken look it up. But I feel like I saw that as well. Does anybody else in that crew Man, have I a think show? It's called Man with a Plan it comes on CBS. It's been on since 2016. It's been on for two years, for real? Yeah. <sighs> but, I mean, that don't mean that nobody knew. It's CBS. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's still CBS. CBS oh, be having whole shows, be having finale episodes, and you never knew it existed. <laughs> I mean, if it's not the good um, wife... Y'all better leave Hawaii Five-O alone. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii Five-O. Five-O. That show was out, came out before I was born. Listen, can, can you know... The- <laughs> Not the new version, Ken. The new one. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a new one? Yes. It's been on the yes. air like, you like this? Uh, oh, Why are you like this? <laughs> it's still on the air. But we love Try, Look, Try the, the only thing I know that comes on, on CBS is like, like The Good Wife, which doesn't come on anymore, and one of those CSI medical shows. Ken, Latria loves CBS. She watches God's Friend of Me. She watched Happy Together. She watches The Neighborhood. That's her favorite channel. That's the channel that that show, the two broke girls, no, not two broke girls, the one in the diner. Is that two broke girls? It was girl? two broke yeah, girls, two yes. Girls. I, yeah. I went yeah, to their set girl. in LA. I didn't know what it was. And then my mama got all excited. And then I saw, <laughs> I just so randomly, I, you know how the, my time I was filled with that, that story about Garrett Morris claiming that Martin kicked him off of Martin. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly I looked up and it's him on two broke girls. Yeah, he was a regular on. He was like the, the DJ in the, um, in the um, diner. Wait, man, Martin no, kicked him no, off? No, he's, no, 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 he's not a DJ. He's just a guy who just sits there. Oh, okay. <laughs> he plays <laughs> he just, records? <laughs> he just, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I, Sorry. The, what I heard from, yeah, from Garrett Morris, Ken said that Martin kicked him off of Martin. But then somebody said, because I never listened to the interview, somebody said that he never says Martin in the interview, and that is just conjecture. Uh, and I'm like, why do we even care anymore, shit? Hell. Because we want the tea, Carolyn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's the only reason. All right. Um, next up. So even though we will be doing a Shazam re- early review today and like a full review when it comes out, and spoiler alert, Shazam is really good. I don't know if y'all have been to Rotten Tomatoes yet lately, but it's at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the highest of these modern DC movies. Okay. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised too, actually. Mm-hmm. Before I saw it, I was surprised. Now I'm not surprised now that I've seen it. But the DC Universe movies haven't really been doing, you know, that well as a connected thing, like the whole crossover. They couldn't really make the whole crossover thing work for them. So Warner Brothers is going to try it again with Hanna-Barbera. So 
Warner Brothers Animation is producing their first movie in whatever they're going to call their Hanna-Barbera Cinematic Universe. It is called S-C-O-O-B, or Scoob. Mm. It is going to star the Scooby-Doo characters, you know, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Incorporated kids, Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy, as they are joined by other Hanna-Barbera characters from across the all the other shows that they produce to stop Dick Dastardly and Muttley from taking over the world. Uh, Frank Welker, who has voiced Scooby-Doo since 2002, and Fred Jones since 1969. It was his first voiceover role. And he went on to do voiceover in literally everything. He's been Transformers. He's been Abu in Aladdin. He's been a whole bunch of things. He was also, I think, the voice of the tiger in Aladdin, the, the cave. The, Notice only one me enter here. That's him. Um, he's going to voice Scooby-Doo in the new movie, but he is not voicing Fred. Do you want to know who is voicing Fred in the new movie? Who's voicing Fred in the new movie, Brandon? Zach fucking <laughs> Efron. Yeah, it, it, mm. It's typed, it's casted well. Like, so in like the cartoon shows, it's been Frank Walker, um, Gray Griffin. Uh, it used to be Mindy Cohn, but she she actually had um she was suffering from breast cancer. And so she retired from acting to like um because she was it was like advanced. And I forgot the, the, the lady who replaced her. Um, and then it was uh, Ma- Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the live fashion movies. And he transferred over to being an animation voice for Shaggy. They were doing all the cartoons and all the movies. You know, Scooby-Doo has like a, two feature-length direct-to-DVD movies every year, plus like a new show every year. Like it's, been, it's, like, it's like big money from Warner Brothers. They have all been, you know, replaced by um, name actors this time because, you know, this is what, you know, the studios do, I guess. Do y'all remember Jetsons the movie back in 1990? Mm-hmm. Um, so they kept the cast from the show for Jetsons the movie, except for one part. Uh, Janet Waldo, who was the voice of Judy Jetson, before and after Jetsons the movie, she, was, she had taped her entire part for the movie and they re-recorded all of her lines with Tiffany. <laughs> Do y'all remember Tiffany? Yes. And she ain't done shit since. But no. somebody's agent thought that she would be a great, it would be a great idea to put Tiffany in the movie, that it would sell more. And I, I remember I was eight years old in the theater when that, the title came and said, Tiffany as Judy Jensen. I said, what happened to Janet Waldo? And I heard her performance. I'm like, this sounds not... That good. It wasn't terrible, but it was like, I, you didn't need her. She, of course, sang some damn songs, but the songs weren't good. But so history, I guess, decided it wanted to repeat itself 30 years later with this. So Zach Efron is the voice of Fred. Amanda Seyfried, I don't know who she is. Oh, she was in Clueless. Okay. Um, she's the voice of uh, Daphne. Gina Rodriguez. Carolyn oh is the voice of Velma. <laughs> what? Yes. And Will, yeah. For- <laughs> and Will Forte is the voice of Shaggy. So this, uh, this is happening. You know what? I'm not, <laughs> I went to church this morning and, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You sanctified and Bible-based. <laughs> Nobody told Matthew Lillard he was being replaced. And he found out we, we did. He was on Twitter. He was pissed. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. He did not know 
Did not was, know. He found out on a public social media platform? Yep. He, he, Wait, he, hold on a second. Um, but just to backtrack just a little bit, though. Are, so you're saying that because he's played Freddy for so long, um, he just automatically assumed that oh, he did Shaggy, Shaggy. He's the voice of Shaggy. Sorry, you, know, Sha- you remember Shaggy. he played Shaggy in the movies, in live action. Everybody said the best thing about those awful movies was his voice, was his performance as Shaggy. So when they started recasting the voice, when Casey Kasem retired, mm-hmm. uh, he auditioned and fought through all the callbacks and he won the part. Okay. So he just assumed that because he, you know, he's been doing this for a while now, that they would just automatically... That and I... This movie's been in and out of production for like two years, so he might have already recorded parts for it, at least to do some test um, animation, if nothing else. Okay, because you have to be... I guess I guess as an actor, you have to be really careful because there's so many times when you just... You just assume. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then somebody hits you with the reality that, oh, no, no. We 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 audition. We had auditions for this role. We didn't even consider you. Right, because he went on Twitter. And he his, this was his tweet, which has not been deleted. I don't think because it's still up. Um, it, he said, "Well, this sucks. What a crappy way to find out. Thanks, Hollywood. You never since he meant cease to amaze me." <laughs> but wow. Gina Rodriguez as Velma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's because of it's because of um um Jane the Virgin. I've seen Jane the Virgin. <sighs> I don't hear Velma. And can, can, is she going to act like like she's going me, to put the Velma voice re- on? Brandon, Brandon. She can she can white up her voice. <laughs> yes, she Brandon. Can. <laughs> you want to be white? Oh Jesus! Sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. I think you need to think about what you think about it. Gina Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Jane the Virgin, Brandon. Mm-hmm. That is what they cared about. That she was playing a girl who was supposed to be all celibate and whatnot. And then she finds out that, oh my God, she's accidentally pregnant. The idea is that that's the kind of person that they want to play um, Velma. Um, Velma. I that's it. That's all they cared about. Is no, it's not that Gina Rodriguez is good at whitening up her voice. And you remember on Jane the Virgin, she was the white Tino of the family. Let's just tell the truth. The white Tino. Let's just tell the truth. Let's just tell the truth. That is why you I would title the show that we would get we would get canceled. We would get the I mean yeah, I mean, I feel like as if what Carlin said is correct. I think it's a combo. I think it's what Carlin said, and I think it's because Gina Rodriguez, first of all, is up and she's she's on the rise right now. She's she's in the stratosphere. She's getting all these roles, and she was on this show about this this sort of prudish girl, whatever. And they were just like, "Oh, Velma's a prude too," or whatever. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's Lord. what it is, Brandon. They I didn't guess. even, I, and I think that's kind of messed up because, honestly, I feel like Velma should have more to do than just be, you know. Have like, you ever seen? Did I did I ever um, have you watched Scooby Doo? No, I know that. That remember you telling me that the more recent versions of the characters have have all gotten better in terms of just making them more rounded. Yeah, but it almost feels like as if because of this kind of casting, they didn't even care. They just went back to basics. I guess. 
And I'm going to say my Gina Rodriguez meme until we had a conversation about us. <laughs> and there's one more person they've cast. Tracy Morgan will be the voice of Captain Uh-oh. Caveman. Oh. <laughs> of Captain if Caveman. He, mm-hmm. If he had Captain said... Caveman! If he had said Scooby-Doo, I'd have... No, Frank I Walker... I thought he was going to say Scooby-Doo. Frank did, Walker is still voicing Scooby-Doo. Not Fred this time, but Scooby-Doo at least. After Ali had just talked about they stay turning black folks into animals, I just knew <laughs> he was going to say that Tracy Morgan was Scooby-Doo. Well, I mean, I could just modify and just say they stay turning us into... Into non-human creatures. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I would I, listen. We would have had a whole episode of Cast Tracy Morgan as Scooby Doo. As Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally in news, um, Rocket Man is an upcoming musical that is an adaptation of the life of Elton John. It's sort of taking his life and turning it into a movie musical <laughs> biopic. Think Dream Girls, but more blatantly gay. So not Rocket Man, the Disney movie from back in the day. That's the Rocketeer. Rocketeer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, for some reason, when I saw, it, I was like, "They're gonna do Rocketeer." Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> studio, which is Paramount Pictures, uh, our friend Doc Claw's favorite studio, has been trying to pressure director Dexter Fletcher to cut down Rocket Man for a PG-13 rating. Because uh, I first saw this on Tower Road, and they said like there was a sex scene they're, t- they're asking to cut out. And I was saying that if it's just that one sex scene, they have time. They could reshoot it and into like a PG-13 acceptable thing. Because, you know, watch Riverdale. They have gay sex in Riverdale like every other Wednesday. Um, but wait a second, but Brandon is but Elton John has a mouth on him. That's I, what I'm about to say. Answering? So it but the really is though is that there's a lot of other scenes of drug use and other things, and so they're just gonna rock with their R rated. Oh, I guess they were they that was just the That was the thing that thing. caught the attention of Tower Row because they're a gay website. Yeah, well that too. But um but, but you're right. There's there's way too much stuff going on. But I forget, I figured that they were thinking, well, if we cut this out, like somebody not not thinking it through, right? Was probably like, oh, if we cut this part out, we might be fine. Yeah, because I was gonna say, don't cut it, just reshoot it. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I was, yeah, I didn't know if they were going to aim it so that people, everybody could go see. Because I was think there will be teenagers. I would actually like to go see Rocket Man if it was accessible to them. But if it's go, if it's like there's like drug use and things that will still keep it in R, keep it. Keep it, because I know they're putting it out like they want that. They were they wanted that Bohemian Rhapsody money apparently, but people didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody because they felt like it whitewashed, um, not whitewashed, but straightwashed Freddie Mercury too much. Not not entirely, but they felt like it was like a like too tame of a retelling of his life. But yeah. I wonder what the reviews are going to be like for this. Because it's, it's a musical. Like, it's Elton John's life turned into people singing and dancing in the context of the story. I don't know if that's going to throw people or not when it comes out. But I, I actually do want to see it. Like, it's going to be an IMAX, too. All right. Let's go ahead on to our SSN challenge of the day. So today on the Say Something Nice Challenge, on our uh, Summer Jam screen, we have Barbara Streisand. 
Hmm. <laughs> Babs herself. So, over the last month, ever since finding, was it Leaving Neverland? Not Finding, that's, that's a different movie. Leaving Neverland um, debuted for the public on HBO after they bought it from Sundance. Like, the internet's just been awash with, like, takes from each extreme and, and also a couple in the middle about Michael Jackson and whether or not, you know, he was molesting these, these kids who came to the Neverland Ranch, you know, like, on one, like, I've seen every extreme from, you know, like, people who are certain that he did it to people who swear he never would, to people who are like, well, I don't know. I've sort of kind of leaned, I, like I said before, I, I lean towards he may, he very well may have because when I saw that, What's that thing that Martin Bashir made back in the day? Um, Living with Michael Jackson, I think it was called. And that little boy was hanging on Michael Jackson like they were together and doing it during the interview. Is that, is that the one where he was on his lap or like? No, not on his lap. He was laying on his shoulder. Okay, looking like that sort of thing where, he, yeah, like yeah. as if like he was. Yeah, I was any grown any grown man with sense would have said, "Little boy, get off of me." But Michael sitting here, this little boy is. It, uh, filming with this boy, and then that was the little boy for the second trial. You just, and I threw just... my hands, but I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But I, you know I, what? I That's so weird, though. Like, I see you bring that up as an example, Brian, but now mm-hmm. as you say, I don't, let's not get into the Michael stuff. Yeah, so like, but you know, Michael is, is dead. The FBI investigated, they found some questionable things, but nothing that they found that was criminal, apparently, or no, nothing to po- post. Posthumously, uh, like indict him on, I guess is what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still up in the air from a legal perspective. Uh, Barbara Streisand commenting because you know um, Michael was friends with you know Barbara Streisand and you know Elizabeth Taylor and Diana Ross. We'll get to her in a second. Uh, Barbara had this to say um, in her profile that ran in the UK's Evening Standard about Michael Jackson and leaving Neverland. Though, though she claims to absolutely believe the accusers Wade Robeson and James Safechuck, Streisand doesn't appear to blame their alleged abuser for their decades of injuries, claiming, quote, his sexual needs were his sexual needs coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has. So she's blaming Joe and Catherine. What the hell did that even mean? She's blaming Joe and Catherine. Well, yeah, but... Okay. Uh, she, in- she continued, I feel bad for the children. I feel bad for him. I blame, I guess, the parents who would allow their children to sleep with him. So she's blaming the, the um, alleged victim's kids. Uh, you can say molested, but those children, they were thrilled to be there. They both married and have both have children, so it didn't kill them. Wow. So. Oh, no. How does she know? I I can't even play the game to this with this one. That's that's I should have pre-read. That's a bit far. I can't I can't I can't I can't find I'm no comedy like, in this. I don't understand how Somebody. she thought that just because they might have if if they might have been thrilled to be there and meet Michael Jackson, that doesn't that doesn't make it okay for, for whatever allegedly happened to them to have happened. And like, it, what does that even mean, Barbara? What are you doing? Her words are just. Does she have children? Does Barbara have children? Is she around children? She don't need to be if she is. 
You know, the funny thing is um, recently when that news broke, I thought to myself, all the people who were talking, um, who were defending Michael Jackson online, I was I was thinking to myself, if we pose the question to them, hey, if this was back in the day, like in the 90s, would you take your child to, to stay with Michael Jackson for the weekend? Or what was it like weekend trips? Is that what was going on? Like weekend trips that? and like, you know, like okay, spring fine. breaks and stuff. Would you trust your child with Michael Jackson on a weekend trip? That's what I would want to ask these people who are defending him so vehemently. Mm-hmm. I, don't think like, I don't think I would. I wouldn't I trust my children with pretty much honest. anybody, to be okay, honest. Unless, yeah, you're a stranger. I don't, I don't know you. Like, I know your music. Except like I know my, maybe my sister. That's about it. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I see you on TV. I know your music. I know what you are famous for. But I don't know you as a person. I'm not going to trust you. Yeah, much it's Michael fucking Jackson. He's like, like why? Would, even before all the allegations came out. Listen, we love Michael. He was always weird. Ever since he, he was, was always grown. weird. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, and you know, I'm a fan, but I mean, he was dancing with Webster on his hip. Like, he was weird. Yeah. Dude, I, like, just I being weird. People don't even trust their children nowadays with, with, with priests over the weekend on... on, on, on oh, uh, never, never that, never that. People don't on even the trust their kids with their teacher who the kids see every day. Yeah. yeah, much as for Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> but see, I'm still stuck on... Yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know, he's trying to blame Joe and Catherine, but I'm still stuck on his sexual needs or his sexual needs based on his upbringing and his DNA. What does that mean? Pedophilia is not a sexual need. It's a psychological condition that needs to be... Is it going back to those old rumors about Clifton Davis molesting him? Like Clifton Davis? The man that never can't say goodbye? Yes! They've only been saying that for days. I ain't never heard this a day in my life! You know what, Carolyn? I've been trying to figure out who might have touched Michael for a while now. No, they I thought it was Diana. They have all no. said that the person that molested Michael was Clifton Davis. Wow. Of course, there's been no way to substantiate that. It's just one of the things that Black people have said for millions of was years. Was he known to be a molester of children? I don't know where the, well, I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I don't know. They, they, just, they always said that it was around the time that, yes, that he wrote Never Can't Say Goodbye. They always said that it was Clifton Davis. I don't know why. But okay. You know, I mean, I and also, this is alleged. Uh, Clifton Davis is still alive and breathing. We don't right. want to Yes, he's 73 years old. Okay, but here's I the deal. I didn't get us. I'm going to put off the air twice already. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I'm like, is she, is she hearkening back to those old rumors? Is she, is she talking about, you know, the sexual activity? You know, they always said... That of course the brothers were very sexual on tour, and that Joe used to like compete with them for women, so that it was a lot of sexuality on tour. Because the brothers were older, Jackie and Tito was old. Yeah, they were so they, they were, were damn near grown when, when they when they broke when they broke big. Yeah, so they was already they was pulling in grown women. Joe was getting the cast offs or competing with. So there was a lot of sexuality on tour. So is she talking about that? Is she blaming the mama, which is weird? Because I don't know how you gonna. Because Catherine was like like this you no know, doting Jehovah's Witness, you know mild, meek, sort of kind of just, you know, like she was like the like the religious mom. Listen, yeah. Even though, even regardless, even, even, no matter what it is, no matter if if the both parents were saints or if both of them were trash, it doesn't matter. Michael Jackson doesn't, didn't leave, he didn't live in a vacuum. You could turn on the TV, you knew what was right and wrong. You were grown by the time these kids were all at your place staying the weekend. So you knew what was right and wrong. So I don't want to hear any excuse about Whose parents, who, uh, you know, blaming parents or blaming his own parents. I don't care about all that. You knew what was right and wrong. 
you're mature enough. All right, my goodness. Uh, I forgot Clifton Davis was also an actor. He was in That's My Mama and in Amen. And, and Amen. <laughs> and when you, get, when you get time, I don't know if you are a, a, a huge Amen fan like myself, but there was a little kid preacher, uh, Reverend Jelani, that used to be on Amen. And they have an episode of Clifton Davis TVN show where uh, Reverend Johnny came on the show. That's a cute little. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because he's a a preacher now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just today, it's the number one trending topic on Deadline. Um, Diana Ross tweeted about Michael Jackson. Oh Lord. What did she say? Let me let me pull it back up. Uh, This is her tweet. Um, I'm gonna read it like her. (laughs) Really. This is Happy what's birthday on my heart. Lord, yes, the grace. So you have to, you you whisper. <laughs> this is what's on my heart this morning. I believe and trust that Michael Jackson was and is a magnificent, incredible force to me and to many others. Stop in the name of love, Miss <laughs> Ross. That's too many. So that's too many double entendres in one. Y'all talking at the same time. Go ahead, Carol. Let's start again. We both watch the interwebs a lot. Diana has been trending a lot recently. What is going on with her? She been on the cover of Ebony or Essence, one of them. She turned 75. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I don't... I've never been a huge Diana fan like that. I shouldn't say that because I've been really uh, playing the boss over and over and over and over. I swear her birthday has to be like... Her birthday is the day after tomorrow. So the day this post posts... Diana Ross will be turning 75. 75. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't. I was wondering why she was uh, She was trending on Instagram. The Diana Ross trending on Instagram? What the hell is yeah. this? She's turning 75. I just thought it was some gay shit. Motown 60. <laughs> you know the gays love Diana Ross, so I just thought it was they some gay <laughs> Kendra! <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, my land. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going. All right. So this is the end of our news portion of the Say Something Nice podcast. We will be continuing with special episodes reviewing us and an early review for Shazam. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, Carolyn, where can people find you online? People can find me on both Instagram and Twitter as C-Dub the host. And you can find the C-Dub show across all social media platforms at the C-Dub show. Please make sure that you check out our very special mega uh, retrospective of the L word. Um, Part one went up today. Part two will go up on Friday. Please Mm -hmm. check it out and let us know what you think. Indeed. As for us, you can find us across all social media at the handle at SSN Podcast. You can find the Say Something Nice Podcast on, on Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. You can also check out Audio Oasis Storytelling, hosted by Coffee Light and Sweet, on iTunes, Stitcher, and across all podcast platforms as well. Is that right? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. So let's go ahead on. Thanks very much for uh, thanks for listening. And please, if you've already, if you have, well, you'll get a non-spoiler part at the beginning. So definitely check out our review of us, which will be coming right after this. This has been the Say Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon, and I am here with Ali. Yeah, Lou. 
Coffee Light Sweet. Bonjour. Carolyn. Hey, y'all. And happy birthday to me. Lord Jesus. <laughs> 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 It'll be a little bit. All right. Bye.